the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Um, it's always a, a joy and delight to be here in this place um, and to see all the lovely faces um, that I haven't seen in a long time. Um, Back in the late 70s, maybe early 80s, there was a, uh, a choir, you know, that would sing church songs called Shabab al Um I mean, that's back in the late 70s, early 80s. By now, they're probably called Shiyukh Al-Ambarwais. Um, and they had a, like an interesting, like peculiar voice, if you know what I'm talking about, if you heard them. Uh, I don't even remember the names of the people, which is really how it should be. Um, but there was the song that they would sing, and um, up until until today, this song, there's a verse from it that I keep, just find myself chanting. Uh, actually, especially when I drive into the parking lot of St. Mary's. You probably know what I'm talking about. It goes like this. Forgive my voice. Um um, so, we look at our church as the one only holy Catholic and apostolic church, the defender, the pillar and the foundation of the faith, the house of God, Jerusalem, Zion, and all these wonderful things. Um, but how many of us really look at, at the church as mama? I, I don't know if, if many of us do this as mama. I, I think um, we do individual. We don't really do it individually. Where we look at it as our mother, and I think if we do that, I think it will really change something in our heart in a, in, a, in an incredible way, and, and our outlook on really on life and eternity and on the church herself. So I just figured, okay, let's take a look together at some of the things that mothers do, and let's see if the church is that for us, and how the church is that for us. A lot of this stuff is going to be really obvious. So motherhood starts where really, before I get into trouble, it starts from before birth, but let's say the first thing is birth. Um... In John 3, 3, our Lord Jesus Christ, he said to them, it says, Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Um, let me read to you something like, so this is automatically obviously, it's the birth. We are born in the church. Yani, first Mama Kinisa and then Mama Esther for me or whoever. Um, let me read from you uh a little passage or a part from the commandments that are read during the baptism um, uh, prayers. This is given to the parents or to the godparents. Listen to this. It says, Today your children have received the pledge of life and have become rooted in the true and orthodox faith. The day on which they were born, they were slaves and not free. But today they have become conquerors over the plots of the wicked. This is the day on which they were born in the church. Before that, it doesn't count. Before that, it's um, like like it says, slaves and not free. 
And in First Peter one twenty two twenty three, it's very similar to John three three. It says Saint Peter is telling us what love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. We pray this um, in the Psalm fifty every day. We say, "In sins, my mother conceived me." Um, that's my biological earthly mother, but. The opposite is true for my spiritual mother, the church. When I am born in the baptismal font of the church, I am born into life, into faith, into freedom, and I'm adopted by our Father in heaven. So remembering that she gave birth to me, she gave me true life, I owe the church my life, and I owe it to her to treat my brothers and my sisters in a manner that pleases her. I should be mindful of that. Nothing pleases a mother more when seeing her kids be civil with each other, right? And nothing saddens her more than seeing her kids be cruel or harsh or merciful with each other. So that's the the the, the first thing is she's our mother because we, we are born here. All of us are born here. Number two, a mom nourishes her child. Um let me ask you, does our mother, the church, feed you? You better believe it. Yes, definitely. Um, through liturgies, through praises, Bible studies, venerations, sermons, readings, conferences, retreats, camps, trips, monasteries, to, trips to the monasteries or the, or the convents, to, like spend time with the monks and the nuns. It's like a ton of feeding of various kinds. She nourishes us. Um, not just spiritually too, but also emotionally, socially, intellectually. And it's a nice um, balanced diet. She nourishes us with a balanced diet of various seasons in the year. When you start off the year, like we start off, say, with the Nairus, pretty soon, God willing, many happy returns, thanking God for everything that he has made, the seeds, the herbs, the waters, the plants, and everything in the air. And then we shift to honoring the cross on the Feast of the Cross, late September, I hope to see some of you there in uh, in Austin. Then we shift to um, after that to the Nativity fast and feast and contemplating about like what the Lord how the kenosis how He entered Himself to come for me and like do I honor that by doing like Him you know the things you see me do do as well to one another and then we shift from that you, you know you get the picture to the great fast and focusing on this spiritual high of repentance and contemplation and spiritually gorging ourselves really when you think about it something happens to us during the great fast and we get really charged and then after that we go to pentecost and also main and it's such a joyful time and we think a little bit about the holy spirit you know whom maybe we don't think of as much as we ought to and then we conclude it with something so beautiful contemplating on the humility and obedience and submission uh, of our mother, the Virgin St. Mary. And it just goes on. There's like a whole lot of different diets of nourishments. It's ongoing. It's an open buffet of nourishment that she's, she's very creative and very, um, you know, we like variety and she keeps doing that for us. Our mother, the church tailors the diet to each of her children individually as well. And she starts us off with spiritual milk. And then as we grow mature, she starts to add some solid food to it. And it's tailored to everyone individually, depending on what stage of life they're at and on the individual. 
from PK through Sunday school, youth, camps, retreats, premarital, marriage and parenting, seniors, stuff for men, stuff for women, um, until our last breath, she's feeding us a nice balanced diet, custom designed for us, uh, for our best benefit. Our Lord said to St. Peter, if you love me, do what? Feed my sheep. And our mother, the bride, she adores her bridegroom. She definitely loves him. So what does she do? She feeds his sheep. She feeds her children and his children. She, and she does an amazing job offering all kinds of nourishment for her children. The third thing that our mother, the church does, a mother protects. I want to pause a little bit on this um, point. Um, have you ever heard the term mama bear? Um, you know, you can see like this picture here, you know, the, the, this mother bear, you know, it's very sweet, very cuddly, very tender. You see moms with their children, you know, just the utmost example. Actually, the closest proximity to the love of God to mankind is the love of the mother to her children. Um, but if you mess with her kids, what happens? No, he didn't. She comes at you with full force. And she'll do whatever to protect her kids. Um, now, those little cubs, they have no idea what's going on. Even though that other male bear is twice her size, she'll fight till death for her children. And this is um, what our mother does for us. Um, there's The church assigns and always has watchmen watching for us, warning us of dangers to come from afar clergy, servants, having seminaries, retreats, camps, conferences to teach and to warn, to correct the crazy ideologies that are here. And a mother that loves her children will do whatever she can to protect them. Martyrs fighting for the faith, to keep the faith for us, even if it means losing their lives for it. The church fathers fighting and resisting and holding councils and writing letters and traveling across the world, also at the risk of their lives too, to protect their spiritual children. They will stop at nothing. Human moms do the same thing for their children as well. Now, sometimes when mom warns and protects her children, they tend to respond, how? Mom, take it easy. Why are you so picky? Why are you making such a big deal out of this? But good children who trust their mom and her wisdom and and her love for them, they try to remember this and they try to listen to her and to heed her warnings instead of to grumble against her warning and say our church is old-fashioned, our church doesn't get it, she's not with the ages. Um, looking at her as mama, El Kinisa, my, my mother, and when she tries to protect me, I ought to let her. Another thing is mama is the warm bosom. El dafi that I can want to. Um, simply to go to her and say, ouch. We all remember these days, right? Child can get hurt, scrape their knee, whatever, and they're in extreme pain. They run to mom. They don't run to dad. <laughs> they run to mom. That's where the warmth is, the comfort. She knows exactly what to do, whether it's to kiss it or to put a band-aid on it or to whatever, and then everything is fine. Um, and there's, in that healing and that comfort, there's a lot of rest and stability. I'm sure many of you, if not all of you, have seen the movie, um, The Passion of the Christ. And the whole movie is like, you know, the whole time you're watching like this, you know, because it's so difficult to watch. 
But believe it or not, yeah, and I'll share with you something personal. The hardest moment for me in that movie, if you recall it, was when little boy Jesus tripped and fell and scraped his knee or, you know, fell down and was hurt. And how St. Mary was holding a plate or a pitcher or something and she dropped it and she ran to him and she grabbed him and hugged him. He's fully human. You know, he was hurt. He was sad. That, that was the hardest point of the whole movie for me. How, you know, to, to imagine what she was thinking, like this, this child that she would, you know, like she would just hold him, protect him, and guard him, and now she's seeing this being done to him. And she has to stay quiet and keep it in her heart and to watch it all happen. The world rejoices in receiving my salvation while my heart burns as I, as I look at your crucifixion. That warm bosom. And not just through providing us with our beloved self-sacrificing fathers of confession who are always there for us when we need them. I tell you, me personally, I am excited when I'm about to go to confession. Because I, I know I'm going to throw myself in my father's arms, proverbially, and just get that my boo-boos kissed and touched and um, comforted. And not just that through our father's confession. Believe me, even if without a father's confession, when you're hurting, you can just come in here in her nave. It's called nave, for goodness sake. In her arms and just sit here in, in one of the pews quietly. You don't have to do anything. Just rest in her uh, in her arms and just let her do, do, do her work. Just being in this place by yourself while it's empty, without listening to anything, without doing anything, just being here is the comfort of our mother, the church. Um, the bosom of the father is the most appropriate name. It's the hudn of the church. I could be carrying the burdens of the whole world. Um, I frequently talk to people about the hardest part of the priesthood for me. I'm not going to say that right now, but um, which is not very good. But my favorite part of the priesthood is standing there at the altar. That's where I, I go get recharged, just in her arms, and get that same kind of comfort and um, stability and security and rejuvenation. Also, um, if you belong to St. Mary's, and you probably know exactly who I'm talking about, there is a church member here who for many, many years on Mother's Day sends me a link to a special song called Sitt al-Habayb. You probably know what I'm talking about if you get that song too. In that song, there is a, a verse there where, where the singer, she says, Anam Wutushari. Uh, it says, Anam Wutushari with Beti Tfakari. Like, I sleep while you stay up and think of me. Let's see, does, does our mother, the church, do this? Um, our beloved mother, the church, um, she is never satisfied with my state, not in the sense of judging me or beating me down, but she always wants me to be better, always wanting me to grow and to improve and thinking of ways to do this. The church is always planning something else, some new service, some new meeting, some new activity or community service or fellowship event just to do for me, to to help me get better and better. She doesn't sit still. The, the church never looks and goes, ah, they're okay, that's enough. Probably because we're not okay, but 
but also partly because even with those of us who are doing great, she's still going to always keep trying to think of ways. She's always thinking of potential dangers approaching me, thinking about those. I need to do a talk or, or some gathering and talk to them and tell them ahead of time before it happens. Always mindful, thinking five years ahead, 20 years ahead. The church does that for us because she's a good mother. hari. Also, the church never rests when I'm sick. She's always watchful with fastings, prostrations, with tears, you know, praying for me and trying to think of all kinds of remedies that lead to life. In Acts 20.31, St. Paul, he's talking to the elders of Ephesus. He said, for three years, I, had, I did not cease for three years to warn everyone night and day with tears, even though people were ignoring me, not listening to me, shunning me, maybe re- retaliating or responding by stoning me. I'm not going to stop doing this. She never rests when I'm sick. Second Corinthians 2.4, also St. Paul is telling the Corinthians, For out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote to you with many tears. Let me ask you something. When a child is sick, who's suffering the most? Mama. She, she just can't bear it. She can't, yani, yani, really like praying for God, you know, if it means the health of my child, take me. Happily, wholeheartedly. Um, she keeps seeking for me the remedies that lead to life as we pray in the liturgy, St. Gregory. You have bound me with all the remedies that lead to life. Now you can say, okay, that's, that's our Lord, right? Not just what God himself did for us, being incarnate and crucified for us, but he continues to bind us with all the remedies that lead to life through his church, our mother. How else is he going to do it? It's through her. What else do mothers do? Mom is unconditionally keeps loving me even when I'm bad. Um, even when I make a mess of things, even when I cover myself in filth or like break stuff or do bad things when I'm bad. She may be telling me this with the finger, but her heart is still full of love and she's still, it's, it's unconditional. Did you notice that mothers, I mean, I don't talk to every mother, but from the mothers that I've seen, they never get grossed out by their kids from the time they're babies, right? Now the dads, yeah, sure, we get grossed out. We can start gagging and doing stuff. It's like, go to mom. She's the one who's not going to be grossed out by you. But not mama. She never is. Also, she's always hopeful and waiting for me when I stray, when I go far, and I haven't come to visit her and to be in her bosoms again in a long time. Always waiting for me, always watchful. Even when I'm just busy with life, doing my own thing, taking care of responsibilities, or just ignoring her and forgetting her and living life and having fun and and forgetting everything that she has done for me. Not calling, not checking in, not coming or whatever. She never gives up on me. Never gives up on me. And she keeps calling and checking and visiting and sending me messages and sending me gifts or sending me the priests or the servants to come and check on me. Her love is unconditional. That's why our mother, the church, keeps what what she keeps doing for us. Last point about our mother, that church, is that 
she delights in nothing more than to see me grow up more and more to be like my dad, our Father in heaven, Abba Father. The bride is one with her bridegroom. And Saint Cyprian, and I believe Saint Augustine also said this quote, he said, He who does not have the church as his mother does not have God as his father. Let that soak in a little bit. She delights in nothing more than to see me grow and improve. The best gift I can give her in return is to be good as best as I can be. To grow up to be like my dad in heaven. That's all she wants for me. She doesn't want anything else. That's what's going to delight her the most. The better I get, the happier she gets. The more satisfied she gets. So, her beauty, her strength are ever renewed because of her oneness with God. So, yani maybe in that part she's not quite like her mother. No matter how old she gets, she gets more and more beautiful and more and more delightful. But if she ever needs anything, to what extent will I go to try to repay a fraction of a fraction of all that she has done and keeps doing for me and for my kids and for grandchildren and for all the future generations? How can we repay her? We will never be able to. Yes, she is the one only holy Catholic Apostolic Church. She is the pillar and foundation of the truth, the house of God, the house of the angels, and much, much more. But I think it would behoove us to look at her as Mama El Kinesa. And so much naturally and organically, organically will begin to fall into place and fit um, where it needs to be. And how I view this place and how I view her as a, a life being who gave me birth and teaches me and nourishes me and protects me and washes me and cleanses me and guides me and warns me and would die for me all over again if that meant my salvation. May God keep her um, and fortify her for us that she may live and not be shaken forever. And glory be to our God forever and ever. Amen.